My beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord, what a joyous occasion we're gathered together today. Humility and trust. Humility and trust. These two things are needed to foster faith. Humility and trust. If we're limping in either one of them, our faith will be weak. Humility and trust. This weekend has been a great celebration for our parish and for our children and their families. For our children, yesterday made their great First confession, I call it great. Are we celebrating sin? Certainly not. But what we are celebrating is the freedom from the bondage that sin holds us. Freed from the shackles of shame and guilt. We're celebrating the fact that our Lord gave to Peter and the apostles and those that followed the ability to bind and loose the great gift of forgiveness is something to be celebrated because it's at the very core of our Christian faith. Without it, we cannot excel in faith. We cannot grow in holiness. And today, they celebrate, they make their own the Nicene Constantinopleton Creed, that monument of faith that will give shape to what they believe and to what they profess. It'll be the fence by which they'll live their lives. They will say it and sing it many times throughout the course of the rest of their lives. And we doing that ourselves, should make sure we're incorporating it into our daily lives. Those 12 marks of the creed, those words by which we boldly believe and profess in Christ, they are making it their own. And as they grow and mature through their parents, They will come to understand and live out these words more fully. And in that, they will begin to grow in humility and trust. Jesus tells many parables, many wonderful parables. But I like it when we hear of an actual event that took place. In today's gospel, we hear of such an event, a man who really lived, a centurion, an officer over a hundred men. He was a hardened soldier, a warrior. You don't become a leader by being a wimp. And so we had these men that respected him and would do his bidding at anything he said 
because they were obedient to their offices. But there was something special about this centurion because he recognized a greater power at work in the world than their false gods that his country promoted, that Rome tried to spread. Because we learn from Luke's gospel of the same centurion that he would help the Jewish people build a synagogue. They would say, you need to help him. He's good to us. This man understood obedience. But we see something greater at work here. When Jesus says, I will go, when the centurion asked, if he would come and heal his servant, not his own child, a servant, a slave. Many people wouldn't waste the time, get another one. But for him, it was important. He had value beyond just a service it would provide it. He was worth saving for just the fact of who he was. And Jesus says, I will go. And he said, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Here is a proud man, a mighty warrior, hardened as steel in a land that he helped conquer. And yet, he humbles himself before the very people he conquered. This, no doubt, impressed Jesus. But what would go on even further was this sign of trust. And he'd be gone to say, no, you don't have to come to my house. Just say the word. And he goes on and lists how he has men under authority of himself. And he himself is under authority to someone else. And when they say do it, they do it. When they say go here, they go. And the same with their slaves. So he knows and has trust in this person, Jesus, that there's something special about him, that he is of God because he asks him to heal him, something no mere human can do. This hardened soldier had great humility and trust in a man that the Roman army would consider beneath him. But in his humility and in his trust, he recognized he was in the presence of someone greater than him. And Jesus, the Word of God in the flesh, meant God himself in the flesh marveling at this man. You can hear the wonder and the excitement in his voice. Never in all of Israel have I seen such faith as this. A faith built on humility and trust. And he will go on to say that there are going to be others from east and west, and they're all going to come to the banquet And they're going to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the natural heirs, the group around, 
listening, are going to be cast out where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The natural heirs who were so proud on the fact that by the very fact that we're Jewish, we're saved. We don't have to do anything. And Jesus is stripping that idea, that sense of pride, right away from them. Just because you're born into that family of nations doesn't mean you're going to be saved. You fail and lack humility. You fail in and lack trust. We have to ask ourselves, where are we in the aspect of faith? Where are we in humility? Where are we in trust? Pride can quickly strip us of any power of faith that we may have in us. Because it is only through humility the great wonders work. And if we're limping in trust, we hear from Jesus' mouth, or from the Gospels, that very little can be done with those who have weak in faith. As when he tried to perform miracles in his own village. Because their faith was weak, he could do little. We're called to grow in humility. And we're called to grow in trust. The very manner in which we live our lives is to help support and foster that. Our children are learning to grow. But their first models are their parents and those closely around them. And that's the first way that they're going to measure and model their life. How do I see mom and dad? How do I see aunt and uncle, grandma and grandpa, and others live their faith? Is our household filled with a lack of trust by throwing anger at the wind to everyone in sight and filled with anxiety and deep fear to the point that you can't move, you can't make a decision? Or is there a sense of calmness and peace that we recognize we are in the hands of God and all good will come out of whatever we're going through? Am I willing to throw away my pride, my sense of title, who I think I want people to see me as? Am I willing to give all that up and humble myself before God? Because in reality, I'm just a creature, a, creature, a sinner. I'm not even worthy to have our Lord come under my roof. And I'm a priest. But it's only by God's mercy and His grace that He works on me and He works on you. But for order for me to grow in holiness, in order for you to grow in holiness, in, by holiness, your relationship with God, it requires a humble and contrite heart. Humility and trust are the seeds for a strong faith. If we're limping in either one of those, our faith won't grow. 
Here before us are the seeds of humility and trust. And it's our responsibility to raise them, to learn to understand the value of humility and trust, so that they may become strong men and women of the faith. And that they, through their lives, will give examples to others that may bring us all closer to God, that will raise us all up into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus marveled at a pagan who had such humility and trust in himself, who was an Israelite, one conquered by his own people. But he saw such humility and trust. And thus were the seeds of a great life that I'm sure that centurion had because we don't know what happened to him. But it certainly did something, did it not? Because it's impacted your life. That centurion has impacted my life. Because he shows me what great wonders God can do. When we live a life of humility and trust.